Kane Review, Print Speaking to the Blind, celebrating 40 years of audio newspaper production. Welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times podcast, recorded at Bishop Briggs Media Centre by our amazing volunteers. You can get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram using at Q in Review, that is at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. You can also contact us directly by emailing information at cunereview.com. That is I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W dot C-O-M. Or by calling 0141 772 That's 0141 772 the Glasgow Times on Thursday the 26th of January 2023 Glasgow study finds link with gambling adverts and addiction an article by Stuart Patterson and read by me Corey a new study has found that gambling advertising is linked to addiction the analysis by researchers at Glasgow University and Sheffield University found that gambling ads are also having an impact on the behaviour of children and adolescents. They discovered that children and people already gambling too much are most likely to be influenced by gambling advertising. In Scotland, a number of football clubs, including Celtic and Rangers, have gambling firms as main sponsors. Campaigners are calling for an end to gambling adverts and sponsorship in football. The conclusion of the study was that, quote, gambling advertising restrictions could reduce harm and lessen the impact of advertising on gambling-related inequalities. It stated, quote, public health harm prevention strategies should include policies which limit exposure to advertising, particularly among children and vulnerable groups. On the children and young people, it found higher exposure to advertising is associated with higher gambling rates and severity. James Grimes leads Gambling With Lives, which runs the Big Step campaign, calling for a ban on gambling advertising and sponsorship in football. Mr Grimes said, There's now an abundance of evidence that clearly links advertising to addiction, as the millions of us harmed by gambling already know. The gambling industry spends £1.5 billion a year on marketing, infecting our screens, our sports and our streets with a misleading representation of addictive gambling products. It has to stop. The public are expecting the government to impose tough advertising restrictions in the upcoming white paper. Anything less would be a betrayal to a generation of young people. The UK government is expected to publish its review of the 2005 Gambling Act within weeks, with measures to restrict advertising expected to be included. According to Be Gambling Aware, there are up to 1.4 million people addicted to gambling in the UK, and a government study found there are hundreds of gambling-related suicides every year. The House of Lords report into gambling harm found one-third of a million people are problem gamblers. On average, one problem gambler commits suicide every day. It found young people are most at risk and estimated 55,000 problem gamblers are aged 11 to 16 years old. That article 
is from the Glasgow Times. It was written by Stuart Patterson and it was read by me, Corey. The Glasgow Times on Thursday the 26th of January 2023. Martin Comston once threw a dart into his brother's head. An article by Rebecca Newlands and read by me, Corey. Martin Comston revealed he once threw a dart into his brother's head. The actor was chatting about the terrible throw he made while playing the game with his father. His brother was in a room next to the wall with the dartboard, using the computer, and despite the line of duty star's reluctance to throw it in case he hit him, the dad assured him it would be fine. Speaking on his Restless Natives podcast with Gordon Smart, he said, We used to have this dartboard, and the darts were something like what the Vikings would have played darts with. These darts were metal, chunky things. Even trying to lift them alone let throw them. So the dartboard was immediately in front of me, and to the left of it was this computer room with my brother on the computer facing away. I said, Dad, I don't want to throw this. And he went, He's miles away. You're never going to hit him. The 38-year-old added that the sound of the dart penetrating his brother's skull lives with him. He said, The board just looked like it was getting further and further away, and I threw it, and it's sailing through the air, and I just heard this thud, and it went right into the back of my brother's head. I can still hear the sound to this day, of it going through into his skull. Before my dad grabbed me, my move was always to run and lock myself in the toilet, and I wouldn't come out until everybody had calmed down, and my dad blamed me, saying it was a terrible throw. Gordon replied, Ha ha ha, great parenting, I love it. That article is from the Glasgow Times. It was written by Rebecca Newlands and it was read by me, Corey. The Glasgow Times on Thursday the 26th of January 2023. New beast from the east could bring UK up to 7 inches of snow. An article written by Joshua Seal and read by me, Corey. A weather chart has shown the exact date the UK could be covered in up to 7 inches of snow due to a stratospheric polar vortex. Parts of the UK will be hit with freezing fog this week, while others have seen temperatures in the double figures with up to a 19 degree Celsius difference at points. And strange weather phenomena looks set to continue as one forecaster predicts that a second beast from the east could be on the way. Weather maps from WX charts so the exact days the Arctic blast may hit. I apologise but that is how that sentence is written. The polar vortex could bring back the chaos caused by the original beast from the east in 2018. According to the weather maps, snow will begin to fall on February 4th across Scotland and Northern England, with up to 2 inches falling in the early hours. But as the day progresses, more snow is predicted, with 6 inches potentially falling in Northern Scotland, while the chances of snow spreads to Wales and more central areas of England. The following day, up to 7 inches of snow could fall in Scotland and it will be felt as far south as the Midlands and parts of Wales. Brian Gaze from the Weather Outlook told The Express, 
Computer models are suggesting that a weakening of the stratospheric polar vortex, SPV, in the coming weeks could lead to an increasing chance of cold weather during February. Quote, It's a long way off in weather terms, but the period around Valentine's Day has, in the past, often brought the UK some of its coldest and most wintry spells of weather. Awakening SPV leads to an increasing chance of a very cold Arctic blast, or a beast from the east weather pattern, like the one we saw in February 2018. End quote. However, the Met Office have played down the threat of a new beast from the east. Met Office meteorologist Craig Snell said the worst of the cold spell is over, with temperatures expected to climb next week across the whole of the UK. Mr Snell said, Next week, looking at the severe front, it's looking pretty benign. We're starting to lose the risk of fog and temperatures are generally around where they should be. We'll probably lose the really hard frosts. In terms of ice and snow, it certainly looks like we're over the worst. We've got to keep an eye on risk of fog generally this cold spell, although the main hazards from it look like they're beginning to diminish. And there's no talk of snow moving into next week either, from the Met Office, though they do hint at wintry showers. That article is from the Glasgow Times. It was written by Joshua Cyril, and it was read by me, Corey. The Glasgow Times. On Thursday, the 26th of January, 2023. Exclusive. Scotland Travel. Ryanair unveils first fleet of greener planes. An exclusive by Craig Williams and read by me, Corey. Budget air travel in Europe is set to be revolutionised as Ryanair prepares to unveil its first retrofitted greener plane in Scotland. The eyes of the global aviation community are focused firmly on Presswick Airport as they await the departure of the first new Ryanair Boeing 737-800 aircraft to feature a new device being installed as part of a multi-million pound retrofit programme. Ryanair, Europe's biggest airline, has signed a deal worth £140 million with aviation partners Boeing, APB, to install split scimitar winglets on its entire fleet of 409 Boeing 737-800 next-generation aircraft. Ryanair says the modification will improve aircraft fuel efficiency by up to 1.5%, reducing the airline's annual fuel consumption by 65 million litres and carbon emissions by 165,000 tonnes. Winglets, the vertical tips at the end of many commercial aircraft wings, are designed to reduce drag and therefore increase fuel efficiency. Designed, developed and certified by APB, split scimitar winglets are named after a Middle Eastern sword with distinctive curved blades ending with a sharp point. The winglets consist of aerodynamic revisions to the wing tip, replacing the aluminum tip with the curved scimitar-shaped tip cap. A further ventral strake, also scimitar-shaped, is added below. There are modifications on APB's blended winglet extensions to airplane wings, which first appeared in 2001. Ryanair started the operation to retrofit all of its Boeing B737-800s 
next generation fleet with split scimitar winglets with a 2006 built aircraft EIDLY at Glasgow Presswick Airport. Flight tracking data from the website Flight Radar 24 shows the plane arrived to Presswick from Birmingham Airport in the early hours of January 5th to undergo the retrofit. Ryanair confirmed to our sister title, The Herald, that the retrofit programme of its full next-generation fleet will be fitted at Presswick, alongside other Ryanair facilities across Europe. As well as having a base at the airport, Ryanair has heavy maintenance repair and overhaul facility, which operates across five bays within two purpose-built aircraft hangars. The new Ryanair B737-800 aircraft is currently on the ground in Presswick, and is expected to be rolled out of the hangar in the coming days. The initiative also furthers Ryanair's target of net zero by 2050, as the airline grows to carrying 225 million passengers by June 2026. Speaking about the programme, Ryanair's Director of Suitability, Thomas Fowler, said the investment shows that the airline is, quote, leading the way in sustainable aviation. He said, As Europe's most environmentally efficient major airline, we are leading the way in sustainable aviation, as demonstrated by this investment in our fleet. This winglet technology will help us reach our ambitious environmental targets on our pathway to net zero emissions by 2050. We are impressed with APB's innovative winglet designs and look forward to having them installed on not just this first aircraft but over 400 of our aircraft to reduce our emissions. APB's Chief Commercial Officer Patrick Lamoira said Having the operator of the world's largest fleet of 737-800 next-generation aircraft install split scimitar winglets is the ultimate endorsement of APB and its products. We are both humbled and honoured to continue to support Ryanair in their ambitious sustainability initiatives. That article is from the Glasgow Times. It was written by Craig Williams and it was read by me, Corey. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 27th of January 2023, in the news section, 999 crews raced to Glasgow's Broomielaw after cyclist hit by HGV by Nicole Mitchell. A cyclist has been hit by an HGV, HGV in Glasgow. Emergency services were called to the Broomielaw near the casino at around 10.10am following a report of a serious crash involving a cyclist and an HGV. Our reporter at the scene said an ambulance has left the area. Traffic cops have also arrived and it is believed an investigation into the incident has now been launched. Emergency services are still in attendance and the road remains closed between Oswald Street and York Street. A Police Scotland spokesperson said, Officers are currently in attendance following a serious crash in Broomhall, Glasgow which police were called to at 10.10am on Friday, January 27th, 2023. The crash involved a cyclist and an HGV. Emergency services remain at the scene and the road is currently closed. A Scottish Fire and Rescue Service spokesperson said, At 10.09am on Friday, the 27th of January, 
Operations Control mobilised three appliances and special resources to assist emergency service partners at an incident at Broomelaw, Glasgow, where crews remain in attendance. And that report was by Nicole Mitchell. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 27th of January 2023, from the news section, Alan Cumming reveals he returned to OBE in Instagram post. Alan Cumming has returned his OBE over misgivings surrounding the toxicity of the British Empire. The Scottish star received the award in 2009 for his activism on equal rights for the gay and lesbian communities in America. But following conversations around the history of the British Empire and its exploitation of indigenous peoples, Cumming decided to hand the honour back. In an Instagram post to mark his 50th, birth- 50th birthday on Friday, the Hollywood actor said he began to open my eyes on the monarchy and Britain's empire following the death of the Queen. He told his 479,000 followers, I returned my OBE. 14 years ago, I was incredibly grateful to receive it in the 2009 Queen's birthday honours list, for it was awarded not just for my job as an actor, but for activism for equal gay rights for gay and lesbian communities in the USA. Back then, the Defence of Marriage Act ensured that same-sex couples couldn't get married or enjoyed the same basic legal rights as straight people, and Don't Ask, Don't Tell ensured that openly gay, lesbian or bisexual people were barred from serving in the military. Cummings said at the time he was honoured to be receiving the award for his work on equality, which he said made him proud to be British. But the ESR said his views started to change after the Queen passed away last year. He continued, The Queen's death and ensuing conversations about the role of monarchy, and especially the way the British Empire profited at the expense and death of Indigenous peoples across the world, really opened my eyes. Also, thankfully, times and laws in the US have changed, and the great good the award brought to the LGBTQ plus cause back in 2009 is now less potent than the misgivings I have been associated with the toxicity of empire. OBE stands for the Officer of the British Empire. So I returned my award, explained my reasons and reiterated my great gratitude for being giving it in the first place. I went back to being plain old Alan Cumming again. Happy birthday to me! And that report was by Craig Meehan. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 27th of January 2023 From the news section Eastern Bartonshire Primary praise for fantastic inspection report Article by Esther Tarnay A primary school near Glasgow has been praised after positive inspection results Western Primary School in Bearsden was visited by the Convener of Education Councillor Linda Williamson following the report She said I received a very warm welcome at Westerton Primary School. Everyone was very excited about the fantastic inspe- inspection report they received, and rightly so. The staff at Westerton Primary School really do work very well as a team. Their slogan, One Team, One Dream, perfectly describes the way in which they come together to nurture the children and ensure high levels of attainment. This report is one that the whole school community should, t- should take pride in. Congratulations to the staff pupils and their families. A team of inspectors from Education Scotland visited the school in October 2022 and published their findings at the end of November. 
Some of the highlights included the warm and welcoming ethos and positive relationships throughout the school, where a key focus is on the well-being of all. All staff across the school work very closely as one team and show a clear commitment to children's welfare and development. The strong leadership provided by the acting head teacher and the senior leadership team. Consistently high levels of attainment and achievement over time, achieved by confident and responsible children. Children and respectful, caring and very proud of their school and their success and are keen to take forward an even more active role in leadership to support continued improvements in their school. Acting head teacher Miss Kate Turnbull added, We are all delighted with the inspection report and I feel it accurately reflects the amazing team spirit among staff, our respectful, considerate and caring children and the positive learning environment we have, we have here at Westerton Primary. Together we will continue to maintain and raise the high standards of our school even further, providing high quality learning experiences which enable our children to thrive. And that report was by Esther Tarnay. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 27th of January 2023, from the news section, Glasgow landfill causing bad odours in area has permits suspended by Lauren Brownlee. A landfill site in Glasgow which impacts the local community due to offensive odours has had its permit partially suspended. Partisans of Greenock Hill Limited in Broomhouse cannot accept any more non-hazardous waste from the landfill unless they have assessed, identified and implemented all necessary measures to ensure that its waste operations are carried out without offensive odours being detectable beyond its site boundary. The rest of the operations at the site remain unaffected. On Wednesday, Scottish Environmental Protection Agency, SEPA, partially suspended its Pollution Prevention and Control, PPC, permit. Around 800 complaints in relation to the site have been lodged since Christmas Eve 2022. SEPA say odour from the landfill site has had an impact on the local community for many years and they've used a range of enforcement powers to try and tackle this. Chris Daly, Head of Environmental Performance at SEPA, said We have been working with the operator to address issues and secure compliance. We have also heard directly the impact on the local community and have now taken this enforcement measure. Local residents are unlikely to notice an immediate reduction in odour impact. This is because a range of actions are likely to be required to be taken by the operator to ensure that ongoing odour management is effective. We will continue to engage with the operator. Throughout December last year and January 2023, officers carried out reactive and proactive odour assessments to determine the scale of the impact on the community and gather evidence. The operator has been carrying out a number of actions relating to landfill gas infrastructure and has been meeting SEPA regularly. SEPA remains committed to finding a resolution and officers will continue to carry out assessments in the affected areas. Anyone who continues to experience offensive odour, which is impacting them and their amenity, should notify SEPA via their pollution hotline 0800 807060. That's 0800 807060 or online at scpa.org.uk/report. And that article was by Lauren Brownlee. From the Glasgow Times, 
Friday the 27th of January 2023, from the news section. Glasgow man injured during police chase avoids jail. Report by Connor Gordon. A man seriously injured after being run over during a police chase for carrying a machete avoided jail today. Anthony Parker, 30, had the blade in Glasgow's Royston on March the 8th, 2021. The city sheriff court was told that witnesses saw Parker with the weapon and a 999 call was made. Prosecutor Christopher McKnight said, Officers attended and saw him outside the property, then saw him run. Officers gave chase and saw Parker himself being struck by a car as he was running. Police seized the machete and an ambulance took Parker to hospital. His injuries were said to be quite serious and he wasn't cautioned or charged as he was unfit. Parker pleaded guilty to possession of a knife in a public place without a reasonable excuse or lawful authority. Bob McDowell, defending, told the court that the driver is facing court proceedings. Sheriff Ian Fleming ordered Parker to do 225 hours of unpaid work. Parker, of the city's Germiston, was also put under supervision for 12 months. And that report was by Connor Gordon. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 27th of January 2023, from the news section, Man found dead at home in Glasgow's Denison, by Sarah Campbell. A man has been found dead at his home in Glasgow. Police have today launched an appeal to trace the relatives of George White, 82, who was found dead at a property at Appen Road in Deniston on Thursday, January the 5th. There are no suspicious circumstances surrounding his death. Anyone who has knowledge of George's relatives is asked to contact the Administration Department at the London Road Police Office via 101 during office hours, Monday to Friday, or email CGSD Bereavement Admin Support at scotland.police.uk. And that report was by Sarah Campbell. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 27th of January 2023, from the news section, Manhunt launched after three-man gang Nick Carr and Erskine. But report by Morgan Carmichael. A gang of three men have nicked a car in the Erskine area. Cops have launched a manhunt in a bid to identify the three unknown men who they believe are linked to the crime. The vehicle is a white Ford Cougar, registration MF12BZV, which was stolen from a car park in the Hopeman area. The crime took place at 4.10am on Friday, January the 20th. The vehicle was later traced to the Greenock area in the same e- evening. Constable Stephen Carson said, We're appealing for anyone who may have been in the Hopeman area in the early hours of Friday, January the 20th, and witness any suspicious activity to come forward. We're also keen to speak with anyone who believes they saw the vehicle at any other time before it was recovered. Anyone with information is asked to contact police on 101, quoting incident 0406 of January the 20th. Alternatively, you can call Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 111 if you wish to remain anonymous. And that report was by Morgan Carmichael. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 27th of January 2023, in the news section, 
Shops forcing people to buy goods to use PayPoint for bills, says MSP. Report by Stuart Patterson. People are being forced to buy goods in shops when trying to top up their energy meter at PayPoints in shops, an MSP has said. Bob Doris, Maryhill and Springburn SNP MSP, says that this is happening in Glasgow and he asked the First Minister about it. Paypoint told him there is no requirement for customers to make a purchase to access the service and shops should not be asking them to. He said it is unacceptable and is adding extra cost to people struggling with bills. Doris said a constituent was told to make an in-store purchase ahead of using a Paypoint facility to top up their energy meter. He added, Paypoint has confirmed to me that this should never happen and has contacted the business in question. The MSB asked Nicola Sturgeon at First Minister's questions if she agreed where unacceptable practices exist, such as the one I have just highlighted, they should be reported swiftly and acted upon. He added, My constituents' experience highlights yet again the barriers and vulnerabilities that many people who use prepayment meters face. The First Minister said wider action on prepayment meters was needed. She said, I am aware of similar issues and I urge people to raise concerns with advice agencies and their energy providers to get the necessary advice and support. However, because such issues relate to a reserve matter, it is incumbent on the United Kingdom government to take further action on prepayment meters. Forcing people onto those meters, in particular for small amounts of debt during winter, makes matters worse for people, not better, and is more likely to increase debt and leave people unable to heat their homes. I urge the UK government to respond to that concern and listen to the, to main, the many calls to ban energy companies from being able to force people onto the use of prepayment meters. Meanwhile, MPs on the Business, Energy and Industrial St- Strategy Committee at the House of Commons will ask about the treatment of households and businesses by suppliers and reports of a jump in the number of homes forced onto more expensive prepayment meters. It will also question the energy regulator off-gem on the impacts of continuing high energy prices. And that article was by Stuart Patterson. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 27th of January 2023, from the news section, Teen jailed after killing Coatbridge man by stabbing him in the heart. By Grant McCabe. A teenage killer who stabbed a young man in the heart during a row has been locked up for five years. Stephen Gilmore was just 17 when he attacked Daryl Wright at a house in Kilwinning on May 22, 2021. Daryl, 20, off Coatbridge, never recovered and passed away in hospital. Gilmore, now 18, was sentenced at the High Court in Glasgow having early pleaded guilty to a charge of culpable homicide. Lady Stacey told him, I accept that you do feel remorse, but it must have been obvious, even to a boy of 17, that stabbing somebody with a knife is a very dangerous thing to do. This resulted in death. The tragedy is both you and Daryl Wright were sitting out in life and you took his away. Gilmore will also be supervised for two years upon his release. A hearing last month was told how a number of young men and women had gathered at the house in Kewinning. Gilmore had turned up uninvited but was allowed in. Gilmore got into a fight with Daryl, which also saw the victim being hit with a stool and a bike hurled towards him. 
Prosecutor Leanne Cross said, Both ended up on the floor. After being on the floor, Gilmore was seen to get up and back away. It was seen that he had a knife in his hand. Gilmore dropped the weapon and fled the scene. Darrell was also initially able to get up and went outside before collapsing in an alleyway. The victim was described as being in a bad way. A girl was heard screaming as she raced to help him. Miss Cross said he begged her not to let him die and to call 999. Darrell was rushed across his hospital in Kilmarnock. He had a stab wound to the chest and, and to his inner left thigh. The young man went on to suffer a heart attack and ended up in intensive care. He never recovered and passed away on May the 24th. The fatal wound had pe- penetrated the front of Darrell's heart. The court heard Gilmore had initially fled to his own home nearby in Kilwinning. He went on to message a girl on Snapchat and admitted he had been fighting with Daniel. Miss Cross added, He said he did not mean to do it, but had picked up a knife as a threat. He said that he felt horrible, hoped Daryl would pull through, and that it was all a mistake. Gilmore was later charged with murder and bailed by a sheriff, but he ended up behind bars amid claims that he then assaulted another man in Kilwinning and brandished a blade at him in New Year's Day 2022. Gilmore had also faced those charges at the hearing last month, but prosecutors accepted his not guilty plea. The court heard Daryl is survived by his partner, mother, as well as a half-brother and sister. And that report was by Grant McCabe. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 27th of January 2023, from the news section, Two men wanted by police may have come to harm abroad. By Nicole Mitchell. Two men wanted by police in connection with organised crime may have come to harm abroad. Since it started in 2014, Police Scotland's Operation Escalator has seen 42 people convicted for serious offences, including being involved in serious and organised crime, the supply and possession of drugs, firearm offences, and money laundering. Eight fugitives connected to the group's criminality in Scotland have been arrested on international warrants in Europe and South America with the cooperation of law enforcement partners in the UK and abroad. They have been extradited back to Scotland to face justice. Most recently, Police Scotland officers arrested a fugitive in Brazil during an operation with the Brazilian Federal Police and another man was extradited from Italy after being arrested in Turin. However, two other men, James and Barry Gillespie, remain at large and are still wanted for their involvement with the group. Officers say they've been in contact with the brother's family and have suggested that it is possible they may have come to harm abroad. Detective Inspector Michael Lochery of Police Scotland's Organised Crime and Counter-Terrorism Unit said, Despite previous appeals, which are focused in the Netherlands and Brazil, we're still appealing for anyone who has information about the current whereabouts of James and Barry Gillespie to get in touch with Police Scotland. The dedicated team of officers attached to Operation Escalate have been successfully targeting those involved in serious organised crime domestically and internationally for nine years. A number of the arrests made were only possible due to the support of the international law enforcement agencies abroad. This cooperation remains ongoing and I am grateful for the assistance of our colleagues. Anyone with information about James and Barry Gillespie should contact Police Scotland on 101 or contact the independent charity Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 
triple five triple one. That's zero eight zero zero five 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 one one one. And that report was by Nicole Mitchell. This is from the Glasgow Times on Monday, thirtieth of January, twenty twenty-three. This is from the lifestyle section. The headline is Coat Bridge. Lees sold to Finsbury in £5.7 million deal. This article is by Christy Dorsey. Meringue, tea cake and snowball manufacturers Lee Foods has been sold to larger bakery rival Finsbury Food Group in a cash deal worth £5.7 million. Established in 1931, Lees employs more than 200 staff at its site in Coatbridge, North Lanarkshire. Its market-leading position in the UK manufacture of meringues will help to diversify Finsbury's existing sweet treats product range. Finsbury noted that Lee's has a broad customer base and strong supply relationships with the leading UK supermarkets, as well as food service and export customers. Finsbury said it will be able to leverage the scale and breadth its commercial team and licensed brand portfolio to drive incremental growth for Lee's. In addition, there will be scale cost synergies over time. We are delighted to announce the strategic acquisition of Lee's Foods Limited. As we consolidate our position in the sweet treat sector and grow our manufactured presence in Scotland, Finsbury Chief Executive John Duffy said, Lee's currently has a well-established position in UK, Moran category and strong relationship across a high quality and diverse customer base. This provides Finsbury with the opportunity to build upon both businesses existing retail relationships and unlock further commercial opportunities, including out of home. We look forward to welcoming Lees to the wider group. Lees generated underlying earnings of £900,000 in 2022 and sales of £21.6 million. Finbury said the acquisition will immediately enhance earnings. Lees has been acquired on a cash and debt-free basis with an agreed level of working capital. The deal is being funded entirely from Finsbury's existing debt facilities. That article was by Christy Dorsey. This is from the Glasgow Times on Monday the 30th of January 2023. This is from the Lifestyle section. The headline is ITV GMB Richard Maisley issues apology to Sam Smith. This article is by Joshua Serrell. Richard Maisley has apologised and said he would learn to use people's correct pronouns after a mistake on Good Morning Britain on Monday. The ITV presenter appearing alongside co-host Susanna Reid was leading a discussion on Sam Smith's latest music video for I'm Not Here To Make Friends. The singer caused a stir online with the new music video dancing in corsets, suspenders and nipple tassels during the piece. However, as Richard introduced the show segment, he referred to the singer who uses they-them pronouns as he. After being cut off by Susanna, Richard apologised for the mistake before a similar mishap happened later in the segment when he did the same to a guest. Richard said, I am so sorry, I will learn to do that. Sam Smith revealed they were non-binary in 2019, asking people to use they-them pronouns when referring to them. Gloria, the artist's fourth album, was released this month and features collaborations with Kim Petras, Kofi, Jesse Reyes and Ed Sheeran. They will be touring the album across the UK and Ireland in April, with dates in Sheffield, Dublin, London, Glasgow, Birmingham and Manchester. In an interview with Apple Music One, Sam said, It's been crazy to be in New York and LA because I feel I can dress and be myself more in these cities than I can at home. I went to the White House 
and having Joe Biden stand up and say all these things, talking about trans people and how he says him, he sees us. I haven't heard that in my own country from politicians. That article was by Joshua Serrell. This is from the Glasgow Times on Monday the 30th of January 2023. This is from the Lifestyle section. The headline is, Lewis Capaldi announced to play at Radio 1's Big Weekend. This article is by Emma Lawson and Laura Brownlee. Glasgow singer Lewis Capaldi is among some of the star names announced to perform at a festival in Scotland later this year. Radio 1's Big Weekend is heading to Dundee with artists such as Anne-Marie, the 1975 and Neil Horan also confirmed. The three-day festival is happening at Camperdown Park between May 26th and the 28th and more than 80,000 fans are expected to attend. Louis Capaldi said, I'm very excited to be playing in Dundee for a big weekend. I never managed to get tickets last time, so I'm very excited to be able to come along and enjoy it as well as playing. The big weekend was set to take place in Dundee in 2020, but was unable to go ahead due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The BBC is working closely with Dundee City Council and plans for this year's event. John Alexander, Dundee City Council leader, said, This is an incredible opportunity for Dundee, and we are looking forward to hosting such an exciting event at Camperdown Park after the disappointment of 2020's cancellation. Radio 1's Big Weekend will showcase Dundee not only to the tens of thousands of people who attend, but also the millions who will watch and listen through the BBC. We expect a huge economic boost for the area, as the event has been worth millions of pounds to previous host locations. The concert will kick off the UK's festival season by bringing some of the biggest UK and international artists to cities that may not otherwise host such a large-scale event, shining a light on the local area and providing a major boost to the local economy. The event often sells out in minutes every year with a huge demand for tickets. The 1975 has said they are looking forward to being in Dundee for the first outdoor concert of the year, with Neil Horan also saying he cannot wait to see you all there at the festival. That article was by Emma Lawson and Laura Brownlee. This is from the Glasgow Times on Monday the 30th of January 2023. This is from the opinion section. The headline is, Don't suffer in silence if you're renting a damp home. This article is by Mike Daly. Damp, mouldy and unhealthy living conditions are sadly on the rise again in Glasgow. Back in the mid-1990s, I recall running 50 to 60 such cases at any one time as ordinary cause actions for recompense and repairs in the sheriff court. Often tenants would have endured horrible living conditions for years. Furniture, clothing and bedding would have to be binned due to mould growth and dampness. Few bills were impossible. Living conditions were ugly. In the most serious cases, children would end up hospitalised as damp living conditions exacerbated their asthma and respiratory health. Sometimes parents would become severely ill too, as mental health conditions were made worse by the misery of nasty living conditions. These cases were all ostensibly against the local authority, which in 2003 transferred all of its housing stock to Glasgow Housing Associations. Damp and mouldy living conditions have always been an issue in the private rented sector too, but over the last few months, my colleagues at Govan Law Centre have seen more and more dampness casing from housing association properties. One of my colleagues at Govan Hill Law Centre has taken on six new housing association tenancy cases with dampness and black mould in the past fortnight. All of the tenants have children, apart from one who's due to give birth. Here are two examples. A housing association tenant 
has had real curry issues with dampness in her bedrooms since she moved in a few years ago. The landlord has been out to visit a number of times and some works were undertaken, but the problem persists. The tenant has suffered loss and damage to items in the home and has a compensation case with the law centre. The landlord's work included removing wallpaper, fixtures and fittings in the room, causing a lot of inconvenience and disturbance, but not resolving the dampness. The landlord has failed to communicate what steps they intend to take next. The tenant has respiratory issues including asthma, which has worsened. She suffers with depression, neurological issues and an underactive thyroid. She has a child who also suffers from asthma. Another tenant has long-standing problems of dampness due to water leaking in through her roof. The private landlord, in fact, have carried out some repairs. An independent architect's report confirms these aren't sufficient to tackle the cause of dampness. The tenant has suffered the loss of goods due to dampness in her cupboards and has an ongoing compensation claim. She suffers from mental ill health and says her housing conditions have worsened this. Her landlord never responded to correspondence. The landlord's letting agent did reply but claimed as a common repair was required there was nothing they could do. A first tier tribunal claim was raised and a repair enforcement order was granted for the tenant. The tribunal was shocked at the tenant's living conditions. Neither the landlord nor its representative attended the hearing. All tenants in Scotland have a right to live in a home that is reasonably fit for human habitation and is wind and watertight. For social tenants, these rights arise from the 2001 Housing Scotland Act. For private tenants, they arise from the 2006 Housing Scotland Act. Social tenants have legal remedies in the Sheriff Court, while private tenants can seek redress before the first tier tribunal. Significantly, the legal test for being reasonably fit for human habitation in Scots law means being free from dampness and mould. In Fife versus Scottish Homes 1995 SCLR 213, Sheriff Gordon QC said the meaning of habitable must be related to the realities of life. The court held that a house which was uninhabitable by reason of being excessively cold or damp could not be said to be habitable simply because by applying a large amount of heat and incurring inordinate heating bills, it might be rendered habitable. This principle has been upheld in a number of cases, including before Scotland's highest civil court in Gunn v Glasgow District Council 1997, HOUS LR3. This point is important, particularly with the current energy crisis, because it means a tenant must be able to heat their home at a reasonable cost in order to prevent condensation dampness. Landlords often try and blame tenants for condensation dampness and legally that is wrong. A house needs to be able to cope with the normal activities of life, washing, cooking and showering. Unlike in English law, there is no distinction between repairs and improvements in Scotland. A landlord must do whatever is necessary to make a home habitable. This principle goes back to the case of Murray Nasky versus Jackson, 1872, 9SLR480. Anyone renting a home with damp or mouldy living conditions should not suffer in silence. You can get free help and representation from a Glasgow Law Centre. That article was by Mike Daly. This is from the Glasgow Times on Monday the 30th of January 2023. This is from the opinion section. The headline is Thomas Kerr. There is a duty on both sides to tone down the toxicity. This article is by Thomas Kerr. The conviction of trans rapist Isla Bryson has rightly dominated headlines in Scotland and across the UK this week and has outraged people from across the political and public spectrum. 
For those who are unfamiliar with the case, let me give you a brief overview. On Tuesday, a woman named Isla Bryson was convicted of two rapes that were sickeningly carried out when she was a man called Adam Graham. Despite this, she was initially housed in a women's prison, which was wrong. Before I discuss that further, I want to be clear, I am deeply disappointed at how the debate in relation to gender recognition and reform has progressed in this country. While I know that everyone is committed to improving the rights of trans people, I am depressed that a small minority of the population are being weaponised by those aiming to whip up further constitutional rule. However, the case of Isla Bryson does highlight a major issue if the GRR bill does ultimately become enacted and one my Scottish Conservative colleague Russell Finlay tried to amend. It exposes the folly of Nicola Sturgeon and the Scottish Government, backed up by the vast majority of Labour MSPs, Greens and Lib Dem MSPs, rushing this legislation through Parliament before Christmas, rather than properly scrutinising what it will mean in practice. No rapist, let alone someone convicted of this heinous crime, twice should ever be allowed access into a female prison. That seems an uncontroversial and common-sense approach, but this week has shown that Miss Sturgeon is unwilling to adopt that approach. Her screeching U-turn performed by Miss Sturgeon over the case less than 24 hours after SNP Justice Secretary Keith Brown said he trusted the decisions of the Scottish Prison Service was a shameful embarrassment. What was worse, that she refused to commit to refusing any rapist being allowed into a women's prison, or any dangerous or violent criminal for that matter. She has the power to intervene on dangerous criminals like Isla Bryson and Tracy Scott, but prefers to stick to her dogged ideology. It should not have taken public disgust and a slew of negative headlines for Miss Sturgeon to realise it was wrong that a double rapist should never ever have been in Cotton Vale. The First Minister appeared more interested in protecting her own political career than protecting other female prisoners in Cotton Vale. In December, MSPs voted by the narrowest of margins against amendments put together by my colleague Russell Finlay and SNP's MSP Michelle Thompson that would have stopped this from happening, protected women's rights and guaranteeing the system to transition for trans people was reformed. There is a duty of everyone on all sides of this debate to tone down the toxicity. That includes the First Minister, who only on Friday ramped up her language again and accused opponents of this reform as not only being transphobic, but homophobic and racist as well. That type of inflamed language is deeply worrying and does nobody any favours. Only a week before, SNP colleagues were pictured in this city in front of banners talking about decapitating TERFs. For the sake of those most affected, I hope that common sense will prevail in the end on all sides. That article was by Thomas Kerr. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 31st of January 2023, from the news section, Drugs worth £200,000 found at Glasgow Southside Flat by Sarah Campbell, read today by me, Ian. A quantity of cannabis worth an estimated value of £200,000 was discovered at a flat in the south side of Glasgow yesterday. Acting on a warrant, cops carried out a search at a property in the Frankfurt Street area of Crossmaloof at around 6.40pm. A 30-year-old man has been arrested in connection with the recovery and inquiries remain ongoing. Detective Inspector Alan Ferguson from Greater Glasgow CID said, Drug misuse brings nothing but misery to our communities and I want to reassure people that we will continue to use every tool and tactic 
at our disposal to remove these illegal substances from the streets. Our work often relies on the support of the public, so if you have any information or concerns about drug misuse, do not hesitate to contact Police Scotland on 101 or report this anonymously via Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 And that report was by Sarah Campbell. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 31st of January 2023, from the news section, former Glasgow Marks and Spencer's facade should be retained by Deborah Anderson. A campaign to retain the Art Deco facade of a former Glasgow Marks and Spencer store has been backed by Heritage Chiefs. Historic Environment Scotland has agreed that the facade of the former store in Socky Hall Street should not be demolished. A developer is proposing to build a major mixed-use complex, including a large student accommodation facility. The store closed in 2022. Glasgow MSP Paul Sweeney ruled that while HES wouldn't be going as far as listing the building, the, the body would be in favour of the facade being preserved. HES's response, sent to Glasgow City Council, states, We consider that the 1935-1936 building and its 1938 extension at 172-84 to Socky Hall Street contributes positively to the conservation area and advise that this building should be retained and sensibly incorporated into any redevelopment of the site. Facade retention of this building would be acceptable to us. 172 to 84 Sucky Hall Street contains no interior features of interest and its roof is concealed behind the parapet. The building is not seen in the round and only its facade contributes to the character of the conservation area. We therefore consider that its facade should, could be incorporated into a new building without diminishing its contribution to the conservation area. It would, however, be important to ensure that any replacement building was designed carefully to allow the historic frontage to retain its historic proportions and its character as an individual building. Mr Sweeney said HES's viewpoint was warmly welcomed, adding, The facade of the old M&S unit contributes positively to Socky Hall Street and is one of the few examples of Art Deco architecture in the city. It should be retained and I am hopeful the developer will work towards that eventual outcome. The Marks and Spencer store designed by Robert Lutchins, had a place in Glasgow's Sucky Hall Street for 87 years before closing its doors for good in April 2022. Shutters came down on a historic shop, which opened in 1935, just weeks after the closure was announced. The store was the first in Scotland to have a cafe and also had staff wearing coordinated uniforms with dark dresses and starched white collars for the first time. It was also home to some of the most decorated MS colleagues to serve in the forces during the Second World War. Marks and Spencer's bosses said the closure was in response to changing shopping habits and what was described as another blow to the streets collapse. Despite investment in recent years, with a large redevelopment increasing space for pedestrians and cyclists, Socky Hall Street has been plagued with large numbers of vacant units. The developers, Fusion students, were contacted for comment. Last year, a 12-week consultation project got underway to allow people to find out more about the plans. 
The mixture's proposals would see retail brought back at ground floor level to help improve the street level environment in Sucky Hall Street, where the recreation of the former Wellington Arcade will provide a publicly accessible connection between Sucky Hall Street and Renfrew Street. And that report was by Deborah Anderson. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 31st of January 2023, from the news section, Glasgow cancer experts lead new study to improve care around the world. By senior features writer Anne Fotheringham. Glasgow experts are to lead a new international effort to help improve cancer care around the world. Spearheading the new Lancet Oncology Commission, University of Glasgow researchers will lead a two-year project to create a blueprint for overcoming barriers to personalised cancer care. A rapidly increasing proportion of contemporary cancer care relies on a precision oncology strategy. The process of using molecular testing to understand a patient's tumour and how to successfully target the cancer cells within it. However, the majority of patients around the world, particularly those living in lower and middle income countries, cannot access molecular testing due to a range of issues. Professor Andrew Byenkin, Regis Chair of Surgery at the University of Glasgow, said, We have made great progress in defining the genomic aberrations that cause and drive cancer, are developing more and more treatments that directly target those cancer-causing molecular abnormalities. Yet, these great advances are only reaching a small proportion of people even in developed countries. The time has come to incorporate broad genomic testing in routine cancer care. This will improve outcomes by using current treatments better through predicting who they will work for and for whom they won't before giving a treatment. Dr. Rafaela Casolino, a pancreatic cancer expert from the University of Glasgow's School of Cancer Sciences and Chair of the Commission, said, This commission has the ambitious goal of improving the lives of people affected by cancer and their families, driving the evolution of precise oncology over the next decades. Cancer burden is doubling by 2040, and health disparities are major drivers of inequalities and outcomes, both within and between countries. It is only through a global approach that we can reduce the burden of cancer. And that report was by Anne Fotheringham. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 31st of January 2023, from the news section, Glasgow carer stole £20,000 from vulnerable OEP to pay son's drug debt by Connor Gordon. A carer swindled £20,000 from a vulnerable elderly patient. Linda Dobby, 50, stole the cash from Anne Beck at various locations in Glasgow between July 2017 and December 2018. Dobby took her bank card without permission to withdraw money from ATMs on a weekly basis. Dobby, who was employed by firm Cargrom, told police she used the money to pay back her son's drug debt. The first offender pled guilty today at Glasgow Sheriff Court to embezzling £20,000 from Miss Beck. The court heard that Miss Beck, who was aged between 71 and 73, suffers from reduced mobility and severe mental health issues. It was stated she suffers from poor understanding due to taking strong medication for most of her life, as well as poor hearing. Prosecutor Katie Bell said, Miss Beck was unaware of this incident which was exploited due to her 
health condition and carers looking after her finances. Toby was described as being in a position of trust. The hearing was told a witness became suspicious after she discovered that some of Miss Banks' bank statements were missing around December 2018. New statements were ordered and the witness noticed there was an ongoing course of action. Miss Bell said She became aware large sums of money appeared to be missing from the account and she carried out her own inquiries to confirm anything suspicious before contacting the police. It was noted that £300 had been withdrawn regularly with the first taking place on January, July the 12th, 2017. These were made on a weekly basis, sometimes twice a week, until December 2018. A company noting system was in place which tracked patients and staff movements. Miss Bell added, The notices showed Miss, ba- Miss Bell wasn't out of the flat and Dolby was working on each of the occasions the money was withdrawn. Police were notified and Dobie admitted to officers and her employers that she had taken the cash. Miss Bell said she said she was under pressure as her son owed money to a drug dealer. Dobie stated she obtained Miss Beck's pin but the pensioner was not present during the withdrawals. Grazia Robertson, defending, told the court that Dobie received no financial benefit from the embezzlement. Sentence was deferred pending background reports until next month by Sheriff Michael Hanlon. He said, due to the seriousness, no matter what the background circumstances are, it goes without saying this was a gross breach of trust on a vulnerable adult, and we were looking at all options. Doby of Govan was granted bail meantime, and that report was by Connor Gordon. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 31st of January 2023, from the news section, Glasgow teacher elbowed people in ribs at Greenview School. Report by Maxine MacArthur. A Glasgow teacher has been accused of dragging a child and throwing him to the floor before elbowing him in the ribs. The educator was employed as a principal teacher at the now closed Greenview School for Youngsters with Additional Needs when the allegations took place. The General Teaching Council for Scotland reported a string of allegations against a child known as Pupil L. It's alleged the teacher drank from the pupil's milk carton and, when the child attempted to collect another carton at the request of a teacher, he is said to have screamed, I've had enough of this, before grabbing the youngster and grabbing him by his teacher and dragging him back into class. The boy was then thrown to the side. It's also reported he grabbed the boy's, boy's both wrists, dragged him across the room, threw him to the floor and told him, hold him, hold, held him on the floor by the wrists. The youngster's wrists were reddened as a result of the alleged incident on April the 30th, 2019. It's accused that on multiple occasions, he roughly handled another child, known as Pupil J, by grabbing, dragging and throwing him. In October 2018, it's alleged he elbowed the same pupil in the ribs in response to the boy wriggling around. He's accused of telling another pupil that would not amount to anything and telling youngsters it was, no wonder you don't go to mainstream before threatening to send kids to mainstream school if they didn't behave. He is also accused of swearing in the presence of pupils and telling a child, you don't have a father, do you? I've got a father and we did this together. The hearing, which began in October last year, is due to conclude today. 
And that report was by Maxine MacArthur. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 31st of January 2023, news. Man appears in court accused of setting cars on fire in Penalty by Lauren Brownlee. A man has appeared in court accused of several willful fire-raising offences in Glasgow's south side. Adam Martin is charged with seven willful fire-raising crimes, as well as threatening and abusive behaviour. It comes after we reported that several cars have been set alight in Penalty in the early hours of Thursday morning. Martin made no plea when he appeared on the dock at Glasgow Sheriff Court yesterday. The 20-year-old was committed for further examination and was released on bail. His next court appearance is to be confirmed. Note. Police previously revealed that they had arrested and charged a 19-year-old in connection with the fire-raising offences, but this was later confirmed to be a 20-year-old. And that report was by Lauren Brownlee. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 31st of January 2023, from the news section, No action against Glasgow councillor over Alba Trans Obsessed tweet by Drew Sanderlands, local democracy reporter. No action will be taken against a Glasgow councillor over Twitter posts which claim the Alba party is obsessed with transphobia. Complaints about comments made by Blair Anderson of Glasgow's Green Group were sent to the Standards Commission in July last year. Councillor Anderson had tweeted about a planned Alba party event at the Record Factory on Byers Road which was later cancelled by the venue and tailed elsewhere by the party. He said the bar was welcoming the business of a party obsessed with transphobia and led by a a man who was cleared of sexual assault charges in March 2020. After the event was cancelled, the councillor added, bigotry has consequences and transphobia is unacceptable wherever it goes. Following an investigation, the Ethical Standards Commissioner recommended that Councillor Anderson's conduct had not breached the council's councillor's code of conduct. He reported to the Standards Commission, which decided against taking further investigation or holding a hearing. The Commission said even if Councillor Anderson's conduct had been found to be disrespectful or discourteous, he was highly likely he would be protected by freedom of expression. The Ethical Standards Commissioner's report found the Alba Party's position on transgender rights was both publicly known and was one it was entitled to hold, and opposition to gender recognition reform should not automatically be associated with an obsession with transphobia or, more generally, bigotry. He believed the general connection between the Alba Party and transphobia was not disrespectful and, although it would have been more accurate for Councillor Anderson to have made it clear that Alba Party's leader had been cleared of allegations of sexual misconduct, the statement had a basis in fact. The Commissioner did state the comment was unnecessary and out of date, but added Councillor Anderson had not identified the Alba Party's leader by name. Having reviewed the evidence, the Standards Commission view was that the tweets could arguably be said to have inferred that the Alba Party was both transphobic and bigoted. Such inferences, without basis, could potentially, on the face of it, be considered disrespectful, it added. However, a hearing would need to consider the respondent's right to freedom of expression under Article 10 of the European Convention on Human Rights. The Commission believed that Councillor Anderson 
was likely to have protection as the tweet concerned the matter of public and political interest, being the views of another political party and the conduct of its leader. In this case, the Standards Commission considered that any inferences made by the respondent about the Alba party being transphobic and bigoted would amount to value judgments, if report added. The Standards Commission accepted, given the media coverage and public debate on the issue of transphobia and op- opposition to gender recognition reform, that such value judgments were likely to have been made in good faith, regardless of whether they were accurate or not. The Commission found that Alba Party's leader was entirely and easily identifiable, but the comment was simply a statement of fact on a matter that was already in the public domain. Councillor Anderson declined to comment on the ruling, and that report was by Drew Sanderlands. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 31st of January 2023, news. Tens of thousands of people on housing waiting lists in Glasgow. By Sarah Hilly, local democracy reporter. More than 60,000 people have been enlisted as waiting on social housing in the city, recent statistics show. Housing associations in the city held about 64,500 applications on registers according to information collected by the council in 2022. The number is equivalent to 10 applicants waiting on housing registers for every home let during the previous 12 months, the council's draft local housing strategy said. The strategy for 2023-2028 to aims to build 6,500 affordable new homes over the next five years. But Councillor Graham Campbell, SNP, questioned whether that was enough considering the huge demand for cheaper homes to rent in the city. Asking how officials have had to have come up with the numbers, he said, there is a big disparity between the number of applicants we have for social housing compared to what we are trying to build to address that. Speaking at the Economy, Housing, Transport and Regeneration City Policy Committee last week, he added, obviously we can't build all the houses we really require, but give us a rationale for why that level of provision was arrived at. An official said, We have looked at the pressures with homelessness, pressures with Ukrainian households coming into the city, and what we know of what is deliverable in terms of the affordable housing grant that we get for the city. We have come up with a target through that, which will go somewhere towards meeting the housing needs in the city. We are keen to invest as much as possible in terms of meeting housing needs in the city. Explaining more about the background, the council officer also said the housing needs demands assessment is carried out with other local authorities in the area and it adheres to the Scottish Government guidance. She said the number of new home targets might appear low, but it looks at population projections and affordability to determine affordable housing needs. There are about 110,000 homes provided by registered social landlords in Glasgow. While there are about 64,583 applicants listed as looking for affordable homes, according to the 2022 statistics, only 6,789 lets occurred during the previous 12 months, according to the Council's latest draft local housing strategy. The statistic relates to, to about three quarters of all social housing in the city. The Council draft housing strategy said, In 2022, Glasgow City Council engaged with RSL partners to collate and analyse housing register data 
to determine the nature and extent of needed demand for social housing in Glasgow. This covered 83,000 socially rented homes, 77% of all social housing supply in Glasgow. This housing pressure analysis indicated there were over 64,000 applications held in registered social landlord housing registers across the city and an equivalent of 10 applicants waiting in housing registers for every home let during the previous 12 months. A consultation is due to take place on this local housing strategy before it is adopted. A total of 13,000 newly built homes are being delivered in the city, with half that number to be affordable. The housing strategy also aims to improve the energy efficiency of Glasgow's homes and the condition of properties. And that report was by local democracy reporter Sarah Hilly. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 31st of January 2023, from the news section, Terrified woman leapt from Helensborough flat window to escape thug. By Grant McCabe, a thug left a woman so terrified she leapt from a first floor window to escape his violent clutches. Dale Montague, 35, told the victim during an ordeal lasting hours, I thought I would feel guilty but I am not leaving here until I have killed you. The woman suffered a broken spine after deciding to jump out of the flat in Helensburgh to get away. Montague has now been jailed for five years after he today pleaded guilty to assaulting her to her severe injury, permanent disfigurement and impairment, as well as the danger of her life. Prosecutor Lorraine Glancy KC told the High Court in Glasgow how the pair were known to each other. The attack spanned between May the 7th and 8th 2022. Montague got into the woman's home after initially turning up demanding she pay for his taxi. He had threatened to smash her windows if she did not stump up. Montague remained there before leaving for a short time, locking the woman in, and then returning in a bad mood. Miss Clancy said the woman was subjected to a sustained assault for a significant period. This included the thug repeatedly punching the victim, hurling ashtrays and bottles, as well as jumping on her. He also trashed the flat, which saw Montague smash two doors off their hinges. Montague choked her unconscious using his hands to grip her neck. Miss Glancy. He also used a belt but did not like that method as she was able to get a grip on it and release some of the pressure. The court heard the victim also had her head thumped off a wall and soaked with freezing water, leaving her struggling to breathe. Police had been called by a conserved neighbour at one stage but the officers were stood down after finding the flat in darkness and no answer. The scared victim eventually managed to run to the front door, but it remained locked. Miss Glancy said, She could hear him shouting. Fearful that he was going to kill her, she opened a first floor window, squeezed through, before jumping onto the ground below. Witnesses went on to find the badly hurt woman in the street that morning in her dressing gown. One person who knew her did not recognise her due to her facial injuries. Miss Glancy added she had no idea how long the assault lasted. The victim said Montague was responsible and that she had climbed out of the window to get away from him. He was later held but claimed he had woken up that morning to find the woman hurt. The court heard the woman's injuries included fractures to her spine, wrist and heel. She later reported continuing to walk with a limp and a hunch after what happened. Montague's lawyer, Kenneth Cloggy, said, It is a terrible offence and he accepts that, 
It emerged Montague already had 43 convictions, including several for violence. Lady Stacy told him, You know that this is disgraceful, and you behaved in an atrocious fashion. The woman must have been frightened to jump out of that first floor window. Montague was also hit with a six-year non-harassment order, banning him from contacting the victim. And that report was by Grant McCabe. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday 31st of January 2023, from the news section, Train strikes to hit busy Glasgow Central Service this week, by Stuart Patterson. Trains between Scotland and England will be affected by strike action tomorrow. Avanti West Coast is advising people not to travel as there will be no services on its routes on Wednesday and Friday this week. The train operator, which runs services from Glasgow to London via the northwest of England, has said passengers with tickets should not turn up at stations and should claim a refund. It said there will be a revised timetable for February the 2nd, the day in between the strike days. Customers travelling on this day are advised to plan their journey in advance using online journey planners and check before they travel. Strike action by RMT and ASLEF members, overpay, will shut down Avanti services. Barry Milsom, Executive Director of Operations and Safety at Avanti West Coast, said, Yet again, our customers will have to face a disrupted week of rail travel due to further strike action by the RMT and ASLEF unions. On the 1st and 3rd of February, we won't be able to run any trains as a result of this industrial action and our customers are advised not to travel. Services will also be impacted on the 2nd of February with a revised timetable in place and customers should check before they travel in this state. We all need to work with each other to find a solution which will benefit our people and customers. It is essential that, as an industry, we continue to talk with RMT and ASLEF about industry reform so we can develop a, together a railway fit for the 21st century. Mick Whelan, General Secretary of ASLEF, said, It's now clear to our members and to the public that this was never about reform or modernisation, but an attempt to get hundreds of millions of pounds of productivity for a 20% pay cut, while taking away any hope of the union having any say in the future. Irreparable harm has been done to the integrity of the negotiating process and the future ability to negotiate in an appropriate way forward, but we make ourselves available anyway. And that report was by Stuart Patterson. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 1st of February 2023, from the Opinion section, Nicola Sturgeon will continue to support the recovery of the NHS by columnist and First Minister Nicola Sturgeon. The significant pressures on our National Health Service have dominated the news so far this year and it is no exaggeration to say that this winter has probably been the most difficult ever faced by the NHS. Our health and social care system and the tens of thousands of dedicated women and men who work in it has been dealing with a perfect storm of factors and, combined, these have led to many delays and much destruction for patients and staff alike. This perfect storm encompasses the legacy and ongoing impact of the pandemic, higher than normal levels of flu and other respiratory illnesses, and workforce constraints exacerbated by Brexit. All of this comes on top of more long-standing challenges, in themselves positive developments, such as people living longer and ever-increasing expectations of what modern healthcare can deliver. 
Some of the solutions to these challenges involve continued long-term reform to patient pathways and models of care, all within a universal, publicly owned NHS, free at the point of need, and so will take time. However, more immediately, we are now seeing some easing of the shorter-term pressures associated with winter. For example, though challenges remain, there have been improvements in any waiting times in the last couple of weeks. A higher proportion of patients are being seen, treated or discharged within 4 hours, and the proportions waiting more than 8-12 to 12 hours have fallen sharply, by around 40% each since the turn of the year. While there is no room for complacency, all of this is welcome and I am cautiously, cautiously optimistic it is a sign that the recent period of extreme pressure is now coming to an end. In combating all of the pressures on our health and social care service, there are no easy solutions, especially at a time when the Scottish Government has limited financial resources, but we are clear we need to maintain our emphasis on doing everything we can to help the service through the remainder of the winter and on into spring. Since in a year, I have chaired regular meetings of the Scottish Government Resilience Committee to ensure focus on the part of the government and our partners on the actions we need to take. And there is much good work being done. For example, the Scottish Ambulance Service See and Treat Initiative is helping care for more patients at the scene so they don't have to go to hospital. NHS 24, which is recruiting additional staff, also provides a, a range of advice and care that is helping reduce attendance at an admission to hospital. We are also taking further steps to tackle delayed discharge, including funding £8 million to secure up to 300 additional interim care home beds. Additionally, patients who no longer need to be in the hospital and whose interests are therefore not best served by being there are being urgently reassessed and those clinically safe to be discharged will be moved home or to an interim placement in a care home, freeing up beds for those most in need. These measures will help address some of the key issues across the health and social care systems, easing delayed discharge by purchasing additional care beds for those who are fit to leave hospital, and ensuring additional and adequate resource is in place for NHS 24 to provide advice and care for people without the need for them to go to other parts of the NHS. In addition to these shorter term measures, we have started to lay the groundwork for vital longer term reforms, including the first steps to establish a national care service, designed to deliver improvements both for people receiving care and the staff who provide care for them. We have also appointed a women's health champion to help improve access to health care and reduce inequalities in health outcomes for women and girls. Professor Anna Glazier, who has had a long and distinguished career in women's reproductive health, will work with partners in the NHS and across the public and third sectors to drive improvements in specialist menopause services, menstrual health, including endometriosis, and heart health. These medium and longer term reforms will, I believe, make a real difference to our healthcare system. Scotland's NHS is one of our most precious assets. I, with the Health Secretary and other colleagues, will continue to do everything we can to support its recovery from the pressures that it has faced in recent years, not least as a result of the global pandemic, and ensure that the people of Scotland continue to receive the care and treatment they need. To finish where I started, I know that the last few years have been really tough and our health and social care staff have been heroes in the most trying of circumstances. Whether in hospitals, the ambulance service, NHS 24, across social care, in GP surgeries and many other settings, 
Health and care workers continue to make extraordinary efforts. I'm enormously grateful for their dedication and commitment to delivering the high quality care for which our NHS is respected the world over. And that was a comment piece by First Minister Nicola Sturgeon. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 1st of February 2023, from the Lifestyle section, Lewis Capaldi invites fan on stage after spotting sign in the crowd. An article first published on the 31st of January by Lauren Brownlee. A lucky fan was taken on stage by Lewis Capaldi, who then dedicated a song to her friend who died from cancer. The Glasgow singer was performing in Nottingham as part of his Broken by Desire to be Heavenly Sent 2023 tour when he noticed someone holding up a sign which asked for a picture with him. He invited the fan onto the stage and she revealed she had come to the concert in memory of her best friend. A video of the moment captured by another fan has been watched more than 2.4 million times in TikTok. During the video, Lewis can be heard telling the audience that the sign read, Lewis, can I get a picture with you? He goes on to say, but you're way there at the back. I can't do anything when you're all the way over there. Should have got here earlier. Before laughing and adding, I'm joking, I'm joking. Lewis added, um, yeah, you can. If you manoeuvre your way up, I'll let you get a picture with me for sure. The fans started making her way through the crowds towards the stage. Lewis shouts, here she comes. Oh wow, you made that look easy, like a knife through hot butter. When the lucky fan gets on the stage, Lewis gets her with a big hug and asks, are you crying? Relax right, I'm not F, expletive deleted, Harry Styles. Lewis asks her name and tells the crowd, everyone say hello to Rebecca. He grabs hold of her sign and reads it out loud before Rebecca asks if he could sign it. Lewis replies, can I sign it? Right, she's taking the P. Exclusive deleted. Let's get her off. The singer then takes a selfie with Rebecca before she reveals she's at the concert in memory of her best friend. She said, He lost his life last year to cancer, so we've all come in memory of him. Lewis asks her friend's name before saying, Well, listen, this next song is for Jacob then. He goes on to sign his number one hit, Before You Go. Rebecca later thanked Lewis for making her night so special on social media. She uploaded a video to her TikTok account with the caption, What a guy, had the best night. Thank you, at Lewis Capaldi, for making it so special. And that report was by Lauren Brownlee. That concludes this week's edition of the Glasgow Times podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our channels at Tune Review and to tell your friends about our service.